The time is now. Volume 6, episode 110. This is Employment Law Now, and I am Mike Schmidt, your host, and the vice chair of the Labor and Employment Department here at Cozen O'Connor. Happy New Year, a healthy New Year. We certainly hope that all of you and your families and your colleagues and your friends and your neighbors have a very healthy, happy, and prosperous 2022. Perhaps Nobody is having more of a happy new year than those who no longer wanted to deal with the OSHA Emergency Temporary Standard, the ETS. Have we now seen the last of it? Did the Biden administration nevertheless accomplish what it set out to do back four months ago at the beginning of September 2021 when it announced its plan to have OSHA issue this ETS? Late yesterday afternoon, January 13th, 2022, the Supreme Court of the United States reissued a stay, effectively putting an end to the OSHA ETS. Let's talk about that. Let's talk about where we are now and what employers need to be doing right now. Let's start by setting the table again. You will remember that the OSHA ETS was issued to cover employers around the country with 100 or more employees. And it had a whole host of obligations, but the gist was that employers who were covered were going to be required to establish a policy that required employees to be fully vaccinated if they were not entitled to a reasonable accommodation for medical disability or religious reasons. Or employers had the option to require weekly testing and the wearing of masks in lieu of a mandatory vaccine. As you'll also remember, shortly after the ETS was issued in November, the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals issued an injunction staying enforcement of the ETS. Because there were challenges filed around the country, we had a national lottery And the winner of that lottery was the Sixth Circuit Court of Appeals, who became the court that was going to decide the litigation filed, the consolidated litigations filed all around the country. On December 17th, 2021, right before the holiday season was in full bloom, the Sixth Circuit dissolved the stay, got rid of the stay, and essentially said that the ETS could go forward and could be enforced by OSHA. That put everybody into a frenzy. It's the end of the year. It's holiday season. What are we supposed to do? Employers were scrambling later that night, and oh, by the way, it was a Friday. Later that night, 
Several petitions were filed with the United States Supreme Court to request that a stay be reissued. And again, remember procedurally, we're not necessarily talking about decisions on the underlying merits. No question, the merits and the validity of the rule itself was being discussed. But procedurally, the only thing on the table was whether there should be a stay, an injunction against enforcement of the ETS while the underlying merits were ultimately decided. So that same night on December 17th, petitions were filed with the United States Supreme Court, and if it hadn't been crazy enough up until then, here's where it got even crazier, at least time-wise. Because the ETS was put back in effect by the Sixth Circuit right before the holidays, two new compliance deadlines were established. January 10th, 2022, for the majority of, let's say, the administrative obligations and the planning obligations and the implementation obligations under the ETS, and then a second deadline of February 9th, 2022, which was the date by which all employees of covered employers had to be either fully vaccinated or required to be weekly tested uh, and wear masks. Well, we all thought that the Supreme Court was going to act well before that first January 10th deadline. And the court did expedite things a little bit, rushing to put oral argument ahead of that January 10th deadline. And so last Friday, January 7th, 2022, the Supreme Court heard oral argument, not only on the OSHA ETS rule, but also on separate cases that requested that the separate healthcare industry mandate issued by CMS, the separate federal agency, asking that the Supreme Court also stay enforcement of that separate rule. And since oral argument was being held last Friday, January 7th, ahead of the January 10th compliance deadline, at least for the OSHA ETS, Many of us thought that the Supreme Court was going to act over that weekend, certainly issuing a decision one way or the other before January 10th. Those who listened to the oral argument on Friday assumed two things. We came away with two things. Number one, that the conservative majority of the Supreme Court was very likely to reissue a stay. It did not seem in favor of the OSHA ETS. And number two, also assumed that this would be quick, given again the Monday, January 10th deadline. Well, we got one out of two right. The conservative majority did, in fact, issue a stay barring enforcement of the OSHA ETS by a 6-3 to three decision along conservative and liberal lines. By a much narrower 5-4 to four vote, the Supreme Court did say that CMS, as a separate federal agency, did act within its authority when issuing its health care rule, and the Supreme Court was going to allow that rule to be enforced on a nationwide basis. But let's go back to the OSHA ETS, because that's really what's making the news here, and that's really what people uh, are, are talking about at the moment, quite frankly. So we didn't get a decision, and Monday 
came and went, the compliance deadline came and went, and so did this past week. And employers were up in arms not knowing what to do. Do we need to continue planning? Do we need to start spending money? OSHA was saying, well, we are going to be enforcing this, but we're also mindful that we haven't gotten a decision from the Supreme Court yet, and we're going to use some enforcement discretion, and as long as employers were utilizing good faith, and it looked like employers were thinking about these issues and planning and at least doing something, we weren't going to really come down on them from an enforcement standpoint. The Supreme Court of the United States typically issues decisions on Thursdays and typically Thursday mornings at 10 o'clock a.m. Yesterday was just that Thursday, January 13th. 10 o'clock a.m. came, no decision on the OSHA ETS. There was one decision. It was a civil case having nothing to do with COVID-19 or the vaccine mandates in particular, a case that had its oral argument last October. And so we all thought, hey, the Supreme Court was taking its time for whatever reason, and the OSHA ETS was still in place. Well, 2.30 p.m. Eastern Time comes, and out of nowhere, the Supreme Court issues three separate decisions, three separate opinions. The most important of them is the primary one, the per curiam decision, which was a nine-page decision, and per curiam, for those who are not experts in Latin, means technically by the court as a whole. It was an unsigned nine-page per curiam decision, and generally when the court issues an unsigned per curiam opinion, it's usually because the judges, while agreeing with the majority view expressed in that opinion, they don't all state what their separate opinions are going to be necessarily. But again, we all know, because it is a per curiam uh, opinion that at least the majority of the court, at least five members, did agree with the majority ruling. The second decision that was issued was a concurring decision by Justices Gorsuch, Thomas, and Alito. It was a seven-page concurring decision to join the majority in ruling that the OSHA ETS should no longer be in effect. And then there was a longer 14-page dissent by the liberal minority of the court, Justices Breyer, Sotomayor, and Kagan. What's the bottom line, and what do employers do now? Well, in essence, to really get to the crux of this majority decision, this is not an issue that can be or should have been dealt with on the federal level by OSHA. They really relied on a doctrine that many people have not seen the Supreme Court talk about or rely on with any frequency. It's referred to as the major question doctrine. And that doctrine essentially says that when an agency is exercising powers of vast economic and political significance, Congress needs to speak clearly and expressly that it is authorizing the agency to do that. In other words, when there is something of such significant from an economic and political standpoint, a significant question, a major question, you can't just assume that there was properly delegated authority to a federal agency 
to regulate that area of such significance, such a major question. Congress has to have been shown to speak clearly. And here the majority of the Supreme Court says this is a major question. Dealing with vaccines, dealing with testing on a national basis in response to a global pandemic, that is a major question. So the court had to look at whether the congressional authority granted in the OSHA Act, which established OSHA, whether it plainly authorized this mandate, this ETS that OSHA issued. And the majority of the Supreme Court says, no, it did not. Why? Because it believes that OSHA was granted authority to regulate workplace safety standards, workplace safety standards, and in particular, those types of hazards that are unique to and are arising out of the workplace, things that may require you to wear a hard hat at work, asbestos, fire risks, things that are unique to a particular workplace. And the majority says that OSHA is, on the other hand, not authorized to regulate universal risks, day-to-day dangers that we all have to face simply by waking up every morning. And so because COVID-19 and the regulation of vaccines and public health on this level is a major question, And because Congress did not clearly and expressly authorize OSHA to regulate this type of question of vast economic and political significance, for that reason, OSHA lacked the authority to issue an ETS like this and overstepped its authority when it did so in November. Because of that, the majority of the Supreme Court struck the ETS down. Again, it's important to remember that this is not a decision on the merits. The Sixth Circuit Court of Appeals is theoretically, for the time being, going to deal with the underlying merits. But it is pretty clear that even though this is procedurally just an issue on an injunction, just on a request to stay enforcement pending the ultimate decision on the merits, it's pretty clear that the OSHA ETS will no longer have any legs. As I like to do, I want to give you some quotes that really stood out to me from the decision. I gave you the bottom line, but in order to give some context to all this and and to give you a little bit of a flavor of where the Supreme Court was going with its uh, majority decision, at least, I want to pluck out some quotes to give you. You can certainly find the decision yourself online. If you want to email me at uh, mschmidt at cozen.com, I am happy to send you a copy of the decision as well. But let's go through a few quotes. Beginning on page one of the majority per curiam decision, talking about how OSHA recently enacted a vaccine mandate for much of the nation's workforce. Quote, OSHA has never before imposed such a mandate, nor has Congress. Agreeing that applicants are likely to prevail, again, those that have challenged OSHA's authority, We grant their applications and stay the rule. Continuing on page two, as its name suggests, OSHA is tasked with ensuring occupational safety. And the word occupational is put in italics in the decision. That is safe and healthful working conditions. 
On page 3, the regulation otherwise operates as a blunt instrument. It draws no distinctions based on industry or risk of exposure to COVID-19. Thus, most lifeguards and linemen face the same regulations as do medics and meat packers. So again, the concern that was raised, and we could hear it in the questioning last Friday during oral argument, that OSHA is attempting to regulate the lives of people around the country, regardless of what industry they're in, regardless of whether there is a high or low risk of contracting COVID-19, either in that industry or in the particular job that an employee is working in. The conservative majority had a real problem with OSHA going beyond regulating workplace safety. Now, the more liberal minority of the court said, hey, OSHA is not required to simply regulate things that are only arising in the workplace. And to the more liberal minority of the court, their argument was, in most respects, the risk of contracting COVID-19 was probably exacerbated by people going to work. Where else are you going to have employees or individuals in public be forced to spend so much time and so much time together in close proximity to other people so that the risk of contracting COVID-19 is exacerbated, it is heightened by going to work, and therefore OSHA does have authority to regulate that risk. The majority of the Supreme Court rejected it, saying on page 5 of the majority decision, applicants are likely to succeed on the merits of their claim that the secretary lacked authority to impose the mandate. It is instead a significant encroachment into the lives and health of a vast number of employees. The act empowers the secretary, the secretary of labor through OSHA, to set workplace safety standards, not broad public health measures. And continuing on page six, although COVID-19 is a risk that occurs in many workplaces, it is not an occupational hazard in most. COVID-19 can and does spread at home, in schools, during sporting events, and everywhere else that people gather. That kind of universal risk is no different from the day-to-day -day dangers that all face from crime, air pollution, or any number of communicable diseases. Permitting OSHA to regulate the hazards of daily life simply because most Americans have jobs and face those same risks while on the clock would significantly expand OSHA's regulatory authority without clear congressional authorization. Interesting. And it's also important to note, I think, that even the majority of the court is not suggesting, one way or the other, whether vaccines and a mandatory vaccine policy is the right way to go to address this global pandemic, or whether weekly testing and face coverings is the way to go. I don't think the court was saying that. What the court was saying is that OSHA is not the appropriate entity to regulate this issue. And in fact, if you look at the concurring opinion by Justices Gorsuch, Justice Thomas, and Justice Alito, their separate decision starts off as follows in line one. The central question we face today is, who decides? 
No one doubts that the COVID-19 pandemic has posed challenges for every American or that our state, local, and national governments all have roles to play in combating the disease. The only question is whether an administrative agency in Washington, one charged with overseeing workplace safety, may mandate the vaccination or regular testing of 84 million people. So that's what this decision came down to. Not whether a vaccination policy is appropriate or policy as a general policy matter based on health and science. The question was who gets to decide that, who gets to implement and regulate that type of issue. And according to the Supreme Court, OSHA, as the federal agency that attempted to do so, does not have the authority to do it. Now, on page 7, the majority decision continues that point, saying that that is not to say OSHA lacks authority to regulate occupation-specific risks related to COVID-19, where the virus poses a special danger because of the particular features of an employee's job or workplace, targeted regulations are plainly permissible. So, for example, where OSHA has issued standards for PPE, personal protective equipment, the Supreme Court does not have an issue with OSHA regulating in such a targeted manner. But, as the Supreme Court goes on, OSHA's indiscriminate approach fails to account for this crucial distinction between occupational risk and risk more generally. And accordingly, the mandate takes on the character of a general public health measure rather than an occupational safety or health standard. And that distinction is important to the Supreme Court because OSHA does have the ability by its delegated authority from Congress to regulate occupational safety or health standards OSHA, according to the Supreme Court, does not, however, have the ability to regulate general public health issues. So we end on page 9, the last page of the procurium decision by the court. Quote, Although Congress has indisputably given OSHA the power to regulate occupational dangers, it has not given that agency the power to regulate public health more broadly requiring the vaccination of 84 million Americans selected simply because they work for employers with more than 100 employees certainly falls in the latter category, end quote. So, what does that mean? Somebody's entitled to regulate the issue of vaccine or no vaccine, testing or no testing. Someone is entitled to implement a mandatory vaccine policy, but it's not the federal government through OSHA. Who can it be? It can be Congress. And if Congress wants to do it, let them pass legislation, so the Supreme Court says, like they've been doing in response to this global pandemic for the last two years, but have not yet done specifically on the issue of vaccines. So Congress can do it. The state and local governments certainly can do it. They are typically the ones who regulate and deal with issues of public safe, public safety and health. And they have been the ones who continue to be quite active when it comes to promoting or prohibiting vaccines. And employers. 
Employers have been active as well in many cases in implementing mandatory vaccine policies and can continue to do so. This issue must be regulated, says the Supreme Court, by Congress, by the states, or by employers, not through the federal government. And that's where we are. So as of today, January 14th, 2022, the Supreme Court of the United States has spoken and said that the OSHA ETS must be stayed and cannot be enforced by OSHA. Now, the Biden administration probably got what it wanted and probably got what it expected. We've said this a few times on this podcast and elsewhere that when the Biden administration came out in September and said we were going to issue this uh, ETS through OSHA, did they really expect to survive all of the legal challenges that they anticipated? Probably not. Remember when President Biden spoke in September, he kept talking about wanting people vaccinated And in all of his news conferences, and of all of the quotes that you have seen from President Biden since September, he's talking about wanting to get people vaccinated. This wasn't really even about testing. My guess is is that the OSHA ETS included a testing option to try to help this ETS maybe survive some types of challenges so that they would be able to say, hey, this isn't just a mandatory vaccine policy. Employers don't have to require vaccines, they can also allow for weekly testing. But at the end of the day, they didn't want just testing. The Biden administration continues to want people to get vaccinated, and look what's happened since September. Maybe it wasn't solely because of this, but I think it's safe to say that primarily because of all of this back and forth and with this OSHA ETS hanging over everybody's heads for the past four months, more and more employers out there have implemented vaccine requirements. More and more individuals, employees, have gone on to get vaccinated for fear that they would lose their job if and when this ETS did become in effect fully and finally. So did the Biden administration actually get what it wanted, get what it expected to do, even if the ETS was not going to survive ultimately? I think the answer to that is probably yes. So what should employers do now? Well, again, this ETS was only covering certain employers anyway, those with 100 or more employees. But either way, regardless of the size of your company, you need to do what, in effect, you've been supposed to be doing for several months now, and that is to look at the state and local governments where your businesses operate, and see what rules and requirements they have when it comes to mandatory vaccines, mandatory testing policies. You need to follow your state and local governments, which again have been very active on this issue already. Just because the ETS has been thrown out does not mean that you don't have to follow state and local regulation on the issue of vaccines and testing and in fact as we have also seen in the past few months challenges to state and local government regulation on this issue has been far less successful than challenges to federal attempts to regulate these issues why again it goes back to the supreme court's underlying premise and that is it is the state and local governments who have been delegated the task 
to regulate issues of public health and safety. And that's what this is. So for now, the OSHA ETS is out. For now, the CMS healthcare industry rule requiring healthcare industry employees to be vaccinated or risk losing their job if they're not entitled to a reasonable accommodation, that is now in place. As for the third of the Mount Rushmore of federal vaccine mandates, the federal contractor rule, that is still a bit in limbo and stayed at the moment. We will continue to follow this issue. We will continue to give you updates as we hear of them, both from the courts as well as lawsuits being filed around the country on the state and local levels. And also to give you a sense of what employers around the country are doing on these issues as we continue to navigate and hopefully get through soon this global pandemic. I hope this has been helpful to you. I really appreciate all the feedback as always that I continue to get. We're starting a new year here, 2022, with this podcast. Hard to believe this is going to be year six of the podcast. It's volume six we just started today. And I really appreciate how many of you listen to the podcast and how many of you reach out to give your thoughts on episodes we have done and episodes that you would like to hear in the future. So thank you so much. I hope all of your labor is productive.